and stories from myself and special guests from all aspects of life who would talk about the trials and tribulations and everything they went through to get to where they are today. Ladies and gentlemen, we have reached episode five of the Porter Project and episode five is going to be a special one. It is my first interview with my longtime rival, Suicide Myers, the living horror Suicide Myers. Now, I must tell you, this has been one of my most favorite views that I've had in wrestling. Uh, a little background to it, and we'll get into it in, in the interview, but uh, a little background into it. Um, they, throw, they threw us together because we were two big guys, and it... It probably was going to be a throwaway match, but uh, we turned, as they say in wrestling, we turned chicken shit into chicken salad. Uh, Again, we'll get into that during the interview, uh, but first, I'm not going to get into, you know, all the other things that I normally get into today. I'm going to get right to the interview, but I can't let this episode go past without my superstar spotlights. First, starting off with Ruthless Ryan Davidson, host of the Leisure and Larry's podcast. You can catch him at RD Bear on all social media and Ryan Davidson on Facebook. My man, Craig Cooper, who is also a future guest on the show, host of the Walking Purpose podcast. You catch him on all social media podcasts. You could also catch his lady love on all social media podcasts and on all social media platforms, excuse me. And you can catch her podcast, which is titled Unlocking Your Freedom. Brian Idol, another future guest, a man who is traveling all around the country and doing his thing and is really an inspiration to me because we're, I'm only a day older than him and he is still kicking butt and doing his thing. Uh, you catch him on all social media platforms as well as on YouTube. You can check out some of his matches. Suicide Myers, you catch him on all social media platforms at Suicide Myers. You can also check out this interview that we're about to get into and where he will do his plugs as well. O'Shea Edwards, you can catch him on all social media platforms. Natalia Markova, you can catch her on Instagram, Russian at Crush, and on Twitter, Real in Markova. My man, Velvet Jones, who is also a featured guest on the show. You can catch him at Velvet478 on all social media platforms. And also check out his show, the Anthony Velvet Hall Podcast. Now, we're going to get into some wrestling. First, starting off with my home promotion, Maryland Championship Wrestling. You catch them on all social media platforms at MCW Pro Wrestling. Also, their website, MarylandWrestling.com. Reality of Wrestling, you can catch them on YouTube as well as Fight TV. It is owned by the two-time WWE Hall of Famer, 
Booker T. You catch them on all social media platforms. Sword Championship Wrestling, you catch them on all social media platforms. And they are owned by Bobby Horn, who is also known as Sir Mo of Men on a Mission fame. FTW out of Tampa, Florida, a place that I look to make my triumphant return to soon, hopefully when this pandemic is over. You catch them on all social media platforms. All right, guys, as promised, we're going to get into our interview with Suicide Myers. First, I got to give a shout out to my Dallas Cowboys. Not really on a good uh, streak right now as we are now sitting at one one and three. But uh, we played the Giants this week, uh, which is a division game that hopefully we can go ahead and take care of them and get back to our winning ways. All right, as promised, here is the interview with Suicide Myers. We'll be back in just a moment. All right, so um, the Porter Project, uh, you are my first guest. My longtime rival, Suicide Myers. I know about you, you know, where you've been in a little bit, but uh, tell my audience uh, a little bit about yourself, how long you've been wrestling, where did you train, what got you into wrestling. Just let us know. What's up? Tell us about Suicide Myers. Well, all right, man. Let me start by saying I'm I'm, uh, very... Honor to be your first guest on here. Um, so from the top, uh, I made my debut on November 23rd, 2013 in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh, it was for a company called Lancaster Championship Wrestling. Uh, it was probably the biggest show that they had to that point. They had only been around for a year and change. And that was, they had Bret Hart was a special guest. And uh, to that point, that was their biggest attendance and their, their biggest show. And I'm true. I was, I was truly privileged to uh, make my debut on a show like that. Um, they had a training facility and I trained under their facility. Uh, my primary trainers were the gentleman by, he goes by a shatter. His real name is Sean Simmer. Um, he was the first trainer I ever had. He's the one who taught me how to take my bumps and basically like my introduction to wrestling. Um, and then I mainly trained under the tutelage of of a, a wrestler by the name of Adrian Bliss, who's known in the Central PA area pretty well. He's been around for a long time. And uh, yeah, and Eddie Valentine was the other one um, who I, I I credit him to as getting most of my tutelage. I trained with him two to three days a week, every week. Um, he he ran the advanced class and. Uh, by the time, you know, it, it wasn't long. It didn't take long for me to get to the advanced class because I just, I was hungry and I was there every day. And um, I would train four days a week, uh, three days, three days with Eddie, one day with Bliss. And that was Monday through Thursday. I would train with Eddie Monday, Wednesday, 
Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, Bliss had Tuesday nights. And then on Sundays, I would occasionally go up to Rob Knox's school, Fort Knox's. And, uh, and it was just, it was nice to go up there and, and uh, get like a different feel because they trained a different way, a different style. So I was able to learn and adapt to their style as well. And this is all, and I, I mean, I was only like 16 at the time doing this five days a week and just kind of taking up all this knowledge. I was 16, 17. Yeah, wow. uh, yeah I made my debut. Uh, it was literally one week, seven days later after my 18th birthday. And they, they sent me out there um, in front of like 1,600 people, man. And I'll never forget it. They, um, the owner of the company, one of the owners, he came up to me, he asked me if I was nervous. And I, without hesitation, I was just like, no. <laughs> He's like, you should be. He, he said, he was like, you should be. And in the back of my mind, I was just like, ah, dude, I've been waiting for this moment for so long. Like, you have no idea. Like, I'm just ready to go out there and just do do what I was put on this earth to do and, you know, to perform um, in the sports entertainment industry. So, yeah, that's just uh, a little bit of my background there that a lot of people might not know about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, we are in these trying times right now with this pandemic. Now, you know, I've known you for a while and I know that you've been doing a lot of traveling. I mean, pretty much booked every other weekend, um, if not every weekend. And again, this pandemic hit and just stopped everything. So, what have you been doing during that time uh the pandemic when you were having no shows, no training, no contact with anyone in wrestling? Like what were you doing during that time? <laughs> do you want do you do you want a politically correct answer or do you want a, the real answer? Oh man, this is raw and uncut. Give me the real answer. Give me the juice. So when the pandemic first hit and like everything was shut down, dude, I was just drinking every day, man. And and I'm not, I usually wasn't a big drinker. And I wasn't a big drinker until I started working security at a bar. And it kind of, no, I'm not an alcoholic or anything like that. Let me just put that out there. So disclaimer, I'm not an alcoholic. Now I only drink on the weekends, maybe. Um, but at, during that time, man, I didn't know what else to do. So I just grabbed like as much alcohol as I could. And I was just drinking every day which in hindsight was a very bad idea because I got out of shape real fast. And I mean, like, I got out of shape so fast, it was unbelievable, you know. So when things started to open up again, and, uh, we, you know, gyms open, I was, I've been training my ass off since then. But that, that first month or two when, it, when everything was shut down, man, like, I don't know, I don't know, man. Because I was, I, I was on such a, a wave of momentum before that happened, I was in the best shape of my life. I had just dropped like 45 pounds. Um, you know what I mean? I was just killing it, man. And I was just, I was having banger matches after banger match, wrestling every weekend, two times a week, Friday, Saturday. Um, I, was, I was on a streak of Friday, Saturday uh, matches for a good five weeks. And, um, you know, I was getting ready to like send out sort of like a resume and like send out videos to different promotions and see if I could, you know, maybe get an opportunity somewhere and everything just shut down, man. Yeah, I know it uh, stopped. I had a series of matches uh, lined up myself. Um, 
you know, that weekend, uh, they called me that Tuesday before and was like, yeah, everything's getting shut down. So no show this weekend, next weekend or the weekend after that. I mean, I was booked for the rest of March, for the rest of April and then nothing. I was actually supposed to go down to Tampa for WrestleMania, you know, to watch WrestleMania. And and I was booked on a couple of shows down there and it, it kind of just, messed me up too so uh i understand your pain because that was gonna be some good money i'm sure for you and for me and all that got shut down but i'm sure you you gotta look at the bright side of things um with you know you probably had some nagging injuries as i know i did you know some you know aches and pains here and there that you had a chance to kind of heal because I know me, I was on basically autopilot. I was just going, going, going. Gym, wrestling, gym, wrestling, work, you know, all that. So it mm-hmm. gave gave me a little time to stop, chill, and just look at everything that, uh, you know, everything outside of wrestling that I had to look forward to, you know. Um, I had my daughter, so, you know, it gave me a chance to spend with her and um you know so that was the bright side of things uh the dark side of it like you well i didn't i don't drink but um but i was eating like i would i would go walking outside and then just come back in the house and just eat and play video games and eat some more game to uh what is it called? Uh, Corona 15, Corona 20. Um, but when those gyms opened back up, I was like, all right, you know, time time to start hitting it again. And, you know, and, and it gave me a chance to start this podcast, too. You know, I, I saw other people starting this. So I said, all right, let me go ahead and, uh, you know, get this thing rolling. So, um, so when they open the gyms back up, you know, you're hungry again. Um, what, what changed like as far as your, uh, mindset, your, your, your work ethic, are you more hungry? Are you more focused? Um, Uh, Yeah, um, you know, when when the gyms opened, um, there was a part of me that was like, there was a part of me that was very excited, but then I started going and I wasn't really taking it serious, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't taking it, I I would go and I would do the workout and I would feel good, but I wasn't taking it as serious as I should at first. And, uh, but I'll tell you what, within the past couple of months, I want to say probably towards the end of July, like, yeah, I would say about the end of July, um, something happened in my life. I'm not going to go into detail about it. It wasn't necessarily a bad thing, but just something happened. We'll talk about it off air if you want, but something happened in my life. Um, like I said, it wasn't necessarily a bad thing, but it just it kind of flipped the script in my mind. And now I'm hungrier than I've ever been. Um, 
in, in the gym. And it, it, the thing is, is like, it's not so much wrestling related. Um, and the end goal has to do with wrestling, but right now, um, I'm just very, I'm really like into my fitness right now. And, uh, and it, I, for me, it's good because I just, uh, I want to build a really nice physique and build the physique that I know I can build, um, that I should have built years ago, but I just, you know, slacking off or, or life would get in the way, you know, whatever the case may be. But lately, man, I just been, I've been motivated. I'm meal prepping, you know, I get the protein, uh, you know, I have my, my training. I, I get personally trained. I've been getting personally trained for a year now. And even my trainers are like, man, like you're, you know, you're really like cooking right now. You're on fire right now. I mean, every week when I go back like to personally train, cause I get personally trained two days a week and then I train on my own, um, one to two days. So I only, tra- I train four, three to four days a week. You know, so I know some people, they might train five, six days before I found that three to four days is, is what's perfect for me, um, to get my strength gains. And, uh, you know, because my, because of wrestling, my knees and my lower back are pretty, pretty damaged. So I get a couple of days to rest and whatnot. Yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, like anyone who who wrestles or has been wrestling for a couple of years knows that your knees and your back are gonna take the most abuse. Um, you know what I mean? So I, I found like a perfect schedule, and they have me training in a way that is, I mean, absolutely elite training. I mean, this gym, this Powertrain Lancaster. I'm gonna plug them real quick. Powertrain, Powertrain Lancaster, Powertrain uh, Sports and Fitness. I train at the the Lancaster one, um, but they they have a few different branches in the central PA area. Um, but they they train nothing but 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 pro athletes, man. Like I mean, they they train normal people too, but they they're they got their name by training pro athletes. Uh, you know, Eagles, Steelers, Phillies. Um, you know, they train soccer players and all this like when you go in there the one that i go to they got all these all these posters on the walls of people who came came through them at a time at a time jimmy rollins is up there heinz ward is up there like you know so they they really know their stuff you know yeah and, yeah and like people you know some people might get intimidated by getting personally trained especially at like an, an, a quote athlete's gym but like anytime anyone asks me like oh can you give me advice on how to do this or how to do that, my my first answer is always get a trainer because it will change your life, man. Like, you know, you always have someone to spot you. You always have someone pushing you to the last rep and you always have someone to, you tell them your goals and like if they're like a legit trainer, you know, wherever it may be, if they're a legit trainer and you tell them your goals, like they will structure your workout plan to your goals, not just to, you know, like some people might not want to get shredded. They might just want to build strength. They may not want the, the quote bodybuilder physique. They might just want strength, but some trainers will still train you a certain way because they want you to get abs and they want you to do this so that they can add it to their portfolio or whatever. But if you find yourself like a legit trainer who is not in it just for the money, they will help you, you know, lose weight or get stronger or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, so definitely I'm hungrier than I've ever been, man. And I just, right now, I'm focused. I'm not really focused on wrestling right now. I'm more focused on just building that physique so that when things go back to normal, um, you know, I come through the curtain. People are just like, man, like, this guy is looking good. Like, 
you know, I want to get that TV body, you know, as we like to say, you know, the TV body, because honestly, at the end of the day, like, let's be 100% real. It don't matter how good you can wrestle because what gets you, what makes you money in wrestling is, is the look, man. You know, mm-hmm. I had, uh, I, I had someone make a comment to me. I'm not going to say their name, but I, this was a couple months ago. I had someone make a comment to me and say, Oh, why don't you come up to our school anymore? You know, and get some, and, and come and train at our school in the ring and this and that. And I'm just, and I, I told him, I was like, honestly, right now I'm not really worried about that. I was like, because I'm worried about being in the weight room because that's, what's going to make me money at the end of the day. You know, ring, the ring ain't going nowhere, but for right now, now that there's not really any shows going on, I, I'm not worried about the ring. I'm worried about the weight room, man. Build a physique. You know what I mean? Get that, get that real nice, lean, mus- muscular physique, man. And that's what, that's what's going to be the key to success. Yeah, yeah, true that. Um, I mean, I was when things shut down, I was like, all right, I'm just, I'm gonna take this time to, you know, just focus on, you know, number one, you know, relaxing, healing up these injuries and all that. And then my mindset was like, man, I miss wrestling. I miss the gym. I miss this. I miss that. But now that we have the gym back and, you know, I'm back in training, being that there are no shows, to keep myself from going crazy, I kind of start just turning my focus not to getting on shows, but to get my timing right, getting my movesets, you know, on point getting you know my physique uh on point you know so like you when i step through that curtain they be like damn he's been you know doing it during this pandemic like he's he's been focused during this pandemic so um you know i i've been thinking about you know our uh, our rivalry that we had you know a few years ago and um and, and just i i've been that that's been kind of my motivation, like getting getting our rivalry started back, um, because that rivalry was probably like my favorite rivalry of of my career. And I haven't had many rivalries uh, in my career. Um, I had you know a little rivalry with uh, you know your um, buddy Prince Piranha, but uh, but it's like. When I was done with, like, we had a series of matches, and, you know, in the end, he beat me. Uh, I slipped on a banana peel, and he beat me. Um, But then it seemed like I was just, like, just kind of just floating, just wrestling this match here, this match there. And I've I've been, like, in uh, SWO at that point maybe, like, seven years and I felt like like I was just spinning my wheels. Like I wasn't really going anywhere. I had already won, you know, a couple of the titles and all that stuff. And so mm-hmm. I wasn't really, you know, focused on championship. I just wanted a good story. And then I know you took time away from SWO for a little bit and I remember you coming to a show and say you know you was coming back and all that and uh and that's where I met up with you at and then I think it was like maybe 
September, um, they put us against each other. It was just, they probably made it uh, a throwaway match, you know, just to put these two big guys against each other. But Mm -hmm. we turned it into something um, and, uh, you know, turned into something that we both can probably sink our teeth into uh, and gave me you know, a purpose in SWO and gave me motivation to, uh, to you know, for the show. So tell me um, what were your thoughts when uh, we came back to SWO and, um, and they put us together? Um, I definitely agree. I don't remember exactly what the situation was, but I think it was just like a throwaway, like mid-card match. And, uh, cause I had just came back, so they didn't really know what to do with me just yet. And which was fine. I was just happy to be there. Um, you know, they have, in my opinion, they have one of the hungriest rosters out of all the Indies in our area, you know, this, this central area. Um, and that's the thing, like, I, I only, prior to that, I had only had, like, maybe, like, one or two matches for SWO. Um, and it was just kind of like, I just came in randomly, had a match or two, and then just, you know, I was always busy. I was I was always traveling and busy, so it just never worked out. And then they changed the book. Um, I would, you know, if I, had, if I had a weekend off and wasn't doing anything, I would come watch the show as a fan. I would just sit out there um, and watch the show you know, uh, with no implications at all. I just was like taking a chance to see some of my friends because a lot of those guys I knew since, you know, since my teenage years and I just like to come out and see them do their things. Um, and then eventually one thing led to another. They they brought me in. Um, and I believe when we had our match, it was only, that was only my third match since they brought me in. I had the match with... Uh, Cody Rose, formerly known as James Windsor, I had his debut match. It was his first match, and uh, we opened the show that day. That was in July. In August, I was in like a throwaway six-man tag, and then in that was August, and in September they had me and you. And I was double booked that day. I had a show in the afternoon, so I did a show earlier in the day, and I yeah, I did a show like a two a two p.m. show was outdoors. Um, I don't remember. All I remember is being really sore after that first match. So I came in there and I was just like, man, like, you know, I don't know if, I don't know how, I don't know how it's going to turn out because of the way I was feeling. But I tell you what, man, when we came out and like the crowd was into it, like the adrenaline kicked in and, uh, I go into every match, whether it's a throwaway or not, I just try to be as creative as possible within the limits that, that, that were given, you know, I'm not going to go out there and try to take away from the, the, the more, the, the matches that have more focus, you know, like the title matches or whatever. Cause I think we were like maybe the third or fourth match. Um, but I just like, man, I was like, let's get creative, you know? So I pitched the idea of, uh, of me hitting you with my finisher and having you kick out and I attacked the ref. And they were like, yeah, you know, we could. They, they said they wanted to pull apart. Um, they wanted to feel it out with a pull apart and see if, if the crowd was receptive to it and then maybe go from there. So I was like, okay, well, we have to kill the ref. So let's kill the ref. I'll kill the ref, <laughs> you know. 
you hit me with you hit me with the finish. There's no ref. You know, all hell breaks loose. The locker room has to come out, clear out. You know, it, it actually turned out to be, um, you know, one of the highlights of the night. And I remember watching it back. I remember watching it back the next day, and I was watching it, and I just it just had like a a, a big fight feel to it, man. Like it was a first time ever kind of match. And the fans, if I just even from the entrances, the fans were into it, man. I could just tell. And the match was just a slow build, and by the end of it, man, when we when we were doing the pull apart and we were diving over and trying to get at each other, man, the fans were just into it, and it was just one of those moments where it just clicked. You know what I mean? Like it was it was good, and I was I was um, looking forward to moving on, like you know, seeing where we could take this. Yeah, because I mean, I was like a big time face there, you know, like after. Um... After the Piranha uh, series, um, you know, I I became a fan favorite, and um, you know, it was it was something different because the whole time I was there, I was the bad guy, but you know, um, I had a sort of change of heart, and um, yeah, so it was like they went to both of us, and um, I just again, I I felt the crowd and felt that adrenaline and was like yeah we could we could do something uh with this and um you know we could we could drag this on for a few months and i know um that next month um we were so-called suspended a show and uh so Uh, yeah um that that following month was that the uh was that the qualifying match for the ladder match or uh no we we were suspended suspended for october we were suspended for october um because we both had bookings like separate bookings on that day so they were like okay well we'll we'll do a suspension thing you know, and then I remember, like, on social media, I was like, oh, well, since I'm suspended, I'll just go wrestle somewhere else. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> just to try to play it off, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, fans are stupid, but it is what it is. We made it work. And then we came back, and they were like, well, now we're going to make them team against the tag team champions uh, for the tag team titles. Like, they just they tried to kill each other, but now we're going to pair them up. The fans want to see, you know, if if they can work together. So we're going to pair them up and we're going to make them work together for a tag team title uh, match or in a tag team title match, and which I thought creatively, I thought that was genius. I was like, I love it. Yeah. And how did that work out? Oh, man. The best part, the, my favorite part of that match personally is when I, I did something and Duke kicks out and I, I, we had the same ref. And grab him by the throat. I pick. I hoist him up over my head. I'm gonna choke slam him again. And you hop in. You're like, no. You're like, don't do it. This is for the tag team title. Like, don't ruin it. Like, in my like it, personally, that was my favorite part of the match. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like it's like this un, this uncontrollable guy, like this uncontrollable mindless you know mindless dude. He's about to kill the ref, and you're like just you're pleading like you're please please don't do this. And we're trying to win the tag team title. Like for a split second there, it was almost like I don't hate you anymore. I just want to win some gold. You know what I mean? So I thought that was cool. It told like it told like a nice little story there. Yeah. And then you lost it for us. 
Yep. Yeah, but it's all good. Uh, and that led to was that the qualifying match for the for the Money in the Bank esque match or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, our qualifying matches were separate though. We had separate opponents. I yeah. faced Wally West that night in the opening, and this was because uh, they had two shows in December. One at the begin, one in, in the first weekend of December, and then one towards uh, Christmas or right after Christmas, they had another show. So I think um, we we did the, the whole commentary table thing. So like you came out, spectated my match, and called commentary. And then during your match, I came out and just sat at the commentary table, heavy breathing, because my character doesn't really talk that much. So I was just sitting there, heavy breathing, spectating. Um, you know, I, I don't know how much of, how much the fans actually paid attention to that, but on video, I I, I think they uh, plugged it like, oh, you know, so and so, City Porter's out here, he's getting a closer look, and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, so we both qualified for the um for the ladder match and neither one of us won. And why is that? Oh uh, well we beat the hell out of each other in the match. I uh I took a back body drop outside out on the concrete but on a ladder. Me being the crazy McFoley fan that I am thought it was a good idea to prop a ladder up and, and anyone listening to this, all of these matches are on YouTube in a rivalry showca- showcase playlist on my YouTube account. Just search Suicide Myers, it'll bring you on YouTube, it'll bring you right to my channel. Go to my playlist and just hit the rivalry showcase, Sydney Porter, Suicide Myers, and every the whole rivalry from, from, from top to bottom is there. But I thought it was a good idea to prop a ladder up, like prop it up on the steps and the apron go to powerbomb you and have you reverse it. And I took a nasty back body drop on the ladder outside on the concrete. The fans went wild. It was just crazy. I felt it the next day, but in the moment it was just crazy. And then later on in the match, when it, when it looked like you were about to win, here I come, I had to get my revenge. I go to choke slam you off the ladder. And as I go to, to, to pump for the choke slam, the rung breaks because I was fat. <laughs> and uh, we both go tumbling down. And it was just wild, man. Like the crowd was just going crazy. It was one of those moments. It was one of those moments that was real. Like the ladder really broke. We went tumbling down. It was just, it was just chaos. It was chaos, man. Total chaos. But the fans went crazy for it. They did. They did. You know, because they were invested, man. That's the one thing I love about the SWO crowd is that uh, they're invested, man. They're invested. It's it's a lot of the it's a lot of the same returning fans. But but the thing is, is that. They return, but then when they return, they always bring one person or bring two people. They're like, hey, word of mouth is the best advertiser. So, you know, our core group of fans are telling their friends, like, you got to check out this show. So then they come back the next month or two months later and they're bringing two of their friends. And then they're bringing, and then those people are bringing two of their friends or their, you know, their brother, their cousin, whatever. So it just, it just grew and grew and grew. And, you know, at, at some point, at one point later, uh, the next year, I mean, we were having some of our best houses in there. Yeah. You know, we were selling out the joints, you know what I mean? Yeah, we were headlining it. Yeah, man. <laughs> and so I, don't, I know you said you don't look to take away from, uh, from other matches, but 
I'm a little different. I like to steal the show, or at least attempt to steal the show every month. But you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, but you know, going to that next year, uh, we had a few more matches where um, we had a singles match where, again, I had it won because I'm just that great. But you decide you wanna grab an object of sort and um kinda, you know, tap me a little bit with it. So uh, you know, what's up with that? Oh man. Okay, yeah. So we I remember this so this was right after WrestleMania. Um so yeah, we had to, we did the thing in December. I'm not sure what happened that's we had a couple of like just filler matches okay so we we had the so that was december they didn't run a show in january and february we did a triple threat match with ken andrews that was a lego match yeah um, that's right then, i forgot about that yeah and then the next month after that you teamed with wolfman and i teamed with officer Hetfield in a tag team match so those two were just like they were just like filler matches to keep the rival to extend the rivalry a little bit and then, and then, um, so that was February, and then the tag match in March, and then in April, that's when we had that singles match, man. Fifteen minutes, you know, fifteen minute match, slow at first, but then you know, it's kind of, you know, the, the pot just started to come to a boil slowly, man. And then at the end, just when it looks like you're about to win, bang, steel chair shot right over the cranium. Um. Oh, man, I don't remember if I won that match or if it was a DQ. No, you won. The referee was either knocked out or had his back turned, but you won because you the, somehow beat me every time. That's, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, we we bumped the ref. I gave you one of the nastiest chair shots like that I've ever done. And the thing is, like, it was totally safe, but it was just nasty. Yeah, uh, right over the head, man. Just a nasty chair shot. You took a great bump. Referee slow counts one, two, three. And I remember that. Yeah, you um, came out and you, you caught your bearings, grabbed the microphone, and was like, "All right, you know what? At the next show, chairs. Let's have. Let's do a chairs match, man. Like, you want to hit me over there? It was a great promo too. You want to hit me over there with a, hit me over the head with a chair? Well, now I'm challenging you to a chairs match. And you know what? I won that one too. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. But that was, that match was an intense match. I mean, like some of the things that we did, I'm surprised that we even still like cool, you know, because the, I mean, everything from when you kept sitting up and I kept smacking you with the chair and um and then the finish where I get power bombed through the chairs. Um you drop kick me through the chairs. Uh, yeah, that match was was probably one of my most favorite gimmick matches, you know, there. So um but I I think that our singles match before that was probably my favorite of the rivalry. Because, um, um, well, the first match too, because that was the start of it, and you know we turned a throwaway match into 
you know, uh, what, a, like a seven month rivalry where you know, uh-huh. had fans in our hands the whole time. So, um, so yeah, that, I mean, that was my favorite rivalry. And then, uh, I, again, you beat me each time. I'm still a little salty about that. That's why I, I want my, you know, my rematches. And uh, and I, I think I could beat you next time. But uh, we'll see. Um, but I, I, I guess I saw the light and, uh, and decided to join forces with you. You know, if you can't beat them, join them. And uh, tell me your thoughts on... Um, on us as a tag team. Uh, I was loving it, man. Like, I feel like the content we were producing was good. Um, you know, like it was, it was funny, but it was serious. And like, right when we started hitting, we started to, to gel as a team. We had that match against uh, Benny Slater and uh, Zach Belmont. That was, that's what I love that match, man. Like that yeah. match was, uh, that match was like, not to call it perfect, but it just went off without a hitch. Like, you know, there was there was just, there was no hiccups in that match or anything. Everything just flowed real smooth. They're good. They're solid workers. We started to develop as a team. You know, we did a six man match there, and then just it just kind of abruptly ended. You know, it's just like damn. I, I never. I really don't know where it could have gone. But the funny thing is, is like we had so many. We had we had three tag matches in the past before we even became a team. And then when we became a team, I think we had three tag matches and then they just pulled the plug on it. Yeah. They were just like, oh, they were just like, oh, we want to go in a different direction. And I was like, oh, okay, well, all right then. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't really understand. Well, I kind of understand, but, um, or I kind of know why, or I kind of, you know, have my thoughts on it, but, you know, we're not going to discuss that right now, you know, maybe a little off air, but, um, but I mean, that was, like I said, who knows where we could have took it. Um, we probably still can, you know, reunite it, reignite it. And, you know, I've been, I've been training at MCW, so I'm, you know, I'm better now. I'm in better shape now, and I think, uh, you know, and I've I've seen your pictures, and you know, I know you are more focused now. I'm more focused, and I'm I'm focused on just telling some good stories, and you know, getting out there and just performing at that next level. Um, so I look to maybe start this again somewhere, uh, you know, eventually, but, um, so then I'm just going, you know, keep grinding and, uh, and making sure my timing is right and make sure, you know, everything else is right. Make sure I'm stay ready so I don't have to get ready. Amen. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. You know, in in the meantime, uh, what do you have next going on? Like, what you have any shows coming up, or you know, any projects that you're working on outside of wrestling that you're trying to accomplish? Um, you know, what's what's next? Um, I've been doing um like closed circuit tapings for Outbreak Wrestling. 
lately, and it's actually been going very well. They've been taping since, uh, I want to say since June or July. They've been taping, and it's been going good. Like, they, they have, like, storylines, and, you know, we, we, we'll, we'll go out and we'll film, you know, a couple weeks' worth of, 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 of film in one day, and they'll edit it and air it over the course of some weeks. And it's like, it's a weekly episodic show and I'll go back and watch it on YouTube and to plug them real quick, that's uh, Outbreak Wrestling on YouTube. Uh, their quarantine wrestling series was uh, like, that was like season one. And then they just came out with their season two, um, you know, and, and there's some good content on there. And it's, it's filled with multiple camera angles. There's commentary. They try to dress it up and make it as, as professional as they can, you know, so that the viewer can enjoy it because I'm not going to lie. I, I hate watching in matches are from one angle, you know, so that the fact that they have it, multiple angles, commentary, it, it feels, it feels like you're watching, you know, like a, a, a like a full TV quality show, um, some of the episodes are a little rough around the edges, but it, it, the more you watch, the better, like you can see the, how it's getting better, like over the course of, of episodes. Um, so I was, I'm doing that. Uh, I, I have a stable over there. It's called the afflicted. It's a four man group. It's, uh, me, uh, Prince Shango, Sabal Delmer and, uh, Philly Mike Swanson. And uh, we're kind of our stable is um, to describe it. It's uh, it's like a bunch of outcast wrestlers, and uh, and we we actually it's it's weird because on paper when you look at our characters, some might say like, oh yeah, these guys would be good together, and then some might say that we're polar opposites. And uh, but together, man, like we have a um, we have like a really good. Uh, chemistry, I guess, yeah, I guess chemistry would be the word for it. Philly Mike Swanson is, is like, you know, his character is like this punk kid from Philly who's like, you know, he just, uh, he, he he's full of grit and he just, he doesn't, um, he doesn't take anything, you know, almost like, almost kind of like Stone Cold Steve Austin, but more, but more edge to him, you know, more street, he's more streetwise. And then you got me and then you got Sean Go, who's, um, He's a uh, mass. He's a mass monster as well. But he, his character differs differs from mine. He's more intense, where my character is more laid back. And then you got Sabal Delmer, who's a he, he. He does a he's a pirate character, but like he's an ancient pirate character, and uh, he talks and he has a mask, and um, he's a little bit smaller than Shango and I. Shango and I are the big guys of the group. Uh, Sabal's a little bit smaller and Philly Mike is the smallest member and, and but like on paper just you wouldn't think but we're like we're like the the new NWO so to speak but it's just four of us and it's and I, I love the direction that we're going we just uh, on the latest episode they just released uh, we attack um, Draven Blaze and then his his uh, real life girlfriend comes out and we attack her too and then we attack his son as well. His son gets in there and we attack his son too. Um, and we, we lay him to waste, man. And, and we, we tied him to the ropes and we just laid all, all three of them to waste. I'm not going to spoil it too much uh, for anyone that wants to watch it, but go check it out. It was, it was, 
uh, when we were done filming that, man, we got a standing ovation. It was just uh, really good. And considering uh, his son is not fully trained just yet, like to be a full-time performer, but just the, um, the uh, acting was really good. And, and uh, like I said, they, we all got a standing ovation. Oh, we also kidnapped his girlfriend too. She's a, she's a, I don't know if she wrestles anymore. I was, you know, she had a baby recently, but, uh, uh, her name's Riley Crow and we, uh, we, we kidnapped her. I'm not exactly sure where we're going with the story from here. So I, you know, I'll find out when everyone else finds out, I guess, if they watch the uh, episodes. So where but, can we uh, watch the show? What's that? Where can we watch the show? YouTube, YouTube Outbreak Wrestling. Um, all the episodes are on there, and they're 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 numbered in order from you know one, two, three, and so forth. Outbreak Wrestling on YouTube, uh, and it, it's the Quarantine Wrestling series. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's really easy to find. Just YouTube search Outbreak Wrestling, hit uh, click on the channel, and uh, hit go to uploads, and uh, they're all there, and they're all numbered in order. And it's really fun to watch. Like I'll sit here on like a Sunday afternoon and watch watch the episodes and watch all the other matches. You know, I don't really like watching myself wrestle too much, so I like watching the other guys do their thing. And I just I'm love the like the way. way. Yeah, I just I love the way it gels, and it, and it, it's real. It has a real old school vibe where everything's blacked out except the ring. The ring is lit up. There's no entrances or like there, there's, you know, there's no music or anything. You just walk to the ring, you get in the ring and you handle business. They have like an interview area. It's very reminiscent of, of eighties, uh, NWA or like eighties WCW when they had those studio tapings where guys like, um, Manny Fernandez and those guys would be on there. Um, it reminds me of like classic championship wrestling too, a little bit like, you know, where Von Erickson, Gino Hernandez, and those guys were. It has like a very old school vibe to it, but the uh, the match quality is 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 current, but the the visuals are old school. It's it's really awesome. It's on, I'm a fan of it, and I'm not just saying that because I'm in it. <laughs> yeah, so that's cool. Uh, so um, Oh yeah, so uh, you've been um, so you've been doing this for roughly you know seven years uh, now. You know, just traveling. Um, what what has been your favorite match? Um, and you, and you don't have to say it's me, even though I know it probably is. Um, <laughs> what, what's been your favorite match so far in your career? What's, what's been your favorite? Oh, oh, man, give me a know, top three favorite matches. A top three. Okay, I was going to say, my my favorite match was a, was a long time ago. Uh, it was a match I had with Andy Hedder, and it was... And and looking back on it now, I mean the match was the match was was solid. It, it was very solid. There was no mistakes or anything like that. But I've I've evolved so much as a performer. But I still I still like go back and watch that match. And I'm like, man, like why can't I replicate the body language that I had in that match? And and I'll get into the story of that in a in a in a second here. 
but I would say so. It was a match that I had with Andy Header uh, in November. It was in October of 2014. I was almost to my one year uh, as a as a performer. I trained. I trained. I I started my training in early 2012, and I debuted in November of 2013. But this match was in October of 2014. Um, at the time. I was I was trying to get on on somebody's radar, you know, impact or something like that. I was like trying to do stuff to get on a radar. I was in good shape. I had a, you know, I had a nice. I was I was smaller than uh, physically. I was physically smaller at the time, but I was really lean and I and on camera I looked big and looked looked good. So I was like I was trying to get on somebody's radar. Um, I for whatever reason I was I was not booked on this. LC, on this edition of LCW, I don't know why I wasn't booked. Uh, I had been booked on every show up until that point, but this show they just left me off the card for whatever reason. I don't know if they were trying to, if maybe they just, you know, whatever. But up to that point, I, I had been getting decent crowd reactions. Like I, I was getting pretty, really good crowd reactions. They had turned me face randomly one time, and and I was doing good. I thought I was doing good. I was having solid matches. Um, I was losing a lot, being still being new, but I was having solid matches and things like that, getting good criticism. But for whatever reason, it left me off the show. And I'm not gonna lie, I was a little bit salty about that. I was a little bit. That's an understatement. I was very salty about. It. I didn't know why, but I was like, okay, I'm still gonna come. I'm still gonna pay pay my dues. I'm you know be there for whatever they might need me for. Whatever. I had a match the day before at the Barnstormers Stadium. Uh, we were. We had the show to plug, uh, I want to say we were plugging, I want to say uh, Rowdy Rowdy Piper was a special guest the next day, but I could be getting this confused with another time. I don't remember, but all I know is I had a match the day before, and my opponent broke his arm in the finish of our match. He did a 450 off the top rope onto me, and when he landed, he broke, he snapped his arm, snapped. Like at the elbow, he just I don't, I don't, he broke his arm completely, so he still got the pin, you know. And he rolled out of the ring and he got evaluated. His arm was broke; he couldn't move his arm. So the one of the owners of the company comes to me uh, a little bit later. I had my bag. I was getting ready to go to my car and leave. I was saying goodbye. He comes up to me. He's like, "Oh, he's like, bring your gear tomorrow." And my literally my exact response to him was, "I planned on it," and that's all I said. <laughs> So the next day, um, it was supposed to be that guy versus Andy Header. They ended up plugging me in there. And I remember just being so angry that they they left me off the card that I went out to the ring that night with something to prove. And Yo. I don't think – yeah, I, I, I went out to the ring with something to prove. Andy didn't know this, but it, but I knew it. So I was like, oh, I was like, oh you want to leave me off the card? Well, I'm about to steal your show, have the best match of the night, and – go out there and prove why I should be on the card. And that was my goal, man. And, and uh, the match, again, started off just a basic singles match. It was a throwaway match. It didn't mean anything. We were the second to last match. So I really had something to prove because the last match involved the name. Um, it might have been Bruce Clay or something like that. I don't remember. But I, I went to the ring. I was pissed off, man. And... Um, we went out there and had a 10 minute battle and I took a back body drop on the, on the steps and, uh, back body drops. 
Yeah, these back body drops, man. I'll tell you what, uh, not to get off topic, but in my very fourth match, the fourth match I ever had as a pro, um, I took a back body drop in the entranceway on the concrete and landed on my head and probably got concussed. But it was the, it was the guy I was wrestling. It was his last match, so I really wanted to go out there and kill it. You know, it was my fourth match, but his last match. So I thought that was I, – I, I feel like I had a big shoes to fill – yeah. at that point so that, that's kind of where it all started but yeah I took a back drop on the steps um, all they told us is that header was over they didn't give us any kind of plan they didn't really fill us they didn't want anything specific they just said okay here you got 10 minutes he's over I was like alright so I was like again now I'm just going to let the creative juices flow and do my thing so I came you know I, I said to finish like oh, I, you know neither, I can't beat him he can't beat me I go out and I grab a steel chair. <laughs> I got the chair. The referee's like trying to get me to put it down. I'm slamming it on the canvas. I go to swing at him, but he double, he scoops me up and he hits me with the, he hits me with the, um, ah, man, what do you call that? Uh, it's the white noise, but, uh, the air raid crash. Hits me with the air raid crash and we go home there. It was a great match in my opinion. And I got, I got nothing but good criticism about it afterwards. And, uh, so that that's probably the best, like my personal favorite match, only because I've had better matches uh, as far as like in ring work. But to me, I just remember having that feeling of having something to prove, and that motivated me to go out there and kill it. Um, funny thing is, uh, the next month in November, I wasn't booked still. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was. They for whatever reason they just wanted they wanted to leave me off the card for one show. And, uh, and so the next month I wasn't booked still, even though, but after that, I never got, I never got left off the card after that. Uh, second favorite would be, uh, and and this is another match. Uh, again, I just, I, uh, this is a match I had with Swift Kick Cannon at Legacy Wrestling. It was a dark match. It was a pre-show match, curtain jerk match, whatever you want to call it. Um, I did the Sammy Callahan seminar earlier in the day and I just completely flopped in the seminar. In the seminar we had like little five minute matches or whatever and I just I just completely shit the bed so to speak. Like I don't know what happened what happened. I don't know what had gotten into me, but just during the seminar I just looked like garbage and I'm like, okay, I just embarrassed myself in front of this guy. I embarrassed myself in front of uh Desmond Xavier, I embarrassed myself in front of everybody else here. So again, when we had the real match later in the show, I went out there with that mindset of having something to prove. I was like, I got to make up for that horrible performance during the seminar. So again, I'm pissed the hell off. I go out to the ring with something to prove. We have a five minute, the match wasn't even five minutes. It was the last dark match they had before the main show. And it was very basic, but the the match was very basic except for the bumps on the outside. I took a, he did like a, a flying Rob Van Dam style kick to me out on, off the apron. I took a clean back bump on the concrete. Then uh, they have no count outs there. So we're brawling around ringside. I get him around the other side. I do the Mick Foley elbow off the apron, uh, you know, and then we get back in the ring and we just have this really like straight up, heel versus face match and uh i just remember like watching it back i'm just like again i wish i could replicate that body language that i had during that match because i feel like my character should wrestle like that all the time 
but for some reason I can't channel that energy without legitimately being pissed off about something. It's crazy. It's funny, but it's crazy. So again, nothing spectacular happened in this match. It was just a five-minute throwaway pre-show match. But personally, it's it's one of my favorites. And then, um, then the third the third match I would have to say was uh, our first match at SWO. That first match, another throwaway match. This I didn't go out there with any mindset of having anything to prove, but I just I went out there with the mindset of let's have fun, let's see you know let's just see what happens, and uh, you know what I mean. And again, it just turned out so well. Um, an honor. I'm going to throw in an honorable mention here. Uh, a match that I had with Red Scorpion um, in Lancaster City at the Reynolds Middle School. This was uh, I want to say this was like. May of 2019, so May of last year. Uh, he also was a big name at LCW. He was he was always like the top babyface, and I, I can't say I, I was never the top heel, but I was definitely like one of the main heels on that in, in that roster, and we never crossed paths. So it was kind of like it was funny. SWO booked this match not knowing how big of a deal it actually was for that area. So when I filled them in, they were like, they were like, wow, if we, if we would have known this, we would have made this match the main event on on a different show. So we were co-main and we just went out there. I actually watched this match earlier today uh, while I was eating dinner just because I was bored. And I was like, All right, let me watch one of my matches real quick. And again, it was just one of those matches that just flowed perfectly. And the fans were in it. You know, it was one of those that the fans, there was a couple of OG LCW fans in the crowd, but then most of them had no idea uh, who the hell we were because they were just there. It was a fundraiser show, so they were there for the fundraiser, and they had never seen wrestling live before, so they were just there to have a good time. But the combination of that, of them being having an open mind, and the combination of the OG LCW fans that were that have been watching me since day one and watching Scorpion since you know those were still his early days too they were just into it. They were like, finally, we get to see this clash of these two Titans. And it just turned out great. I got the win, you know, cause I never lose. I picked up, the, <laughs> I picked up the win in that one. But, uh, yeah, that's just like an honorable mention right there. Cause that match means a lot to me too. Oh yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I had just came back from injury too. That was only like my second match back from uh, my torn labor injuries. That kept oh, me out. Yeah, for I remember that. Mm-hmm kept me out for six months and my second match back it's like okay here's a singles match where um you you have a lot riding on this match you don't want to go out there and disappoint so you know you're about to really test that shoulder now (laughs) you know but yeah it was definitely uh that was definitely a good honorable mention right there that match means a lot to me and he's one of my good friends in real life too he helped me he helped me in my career um, like a lot of people don't know how much he's helped me um, in my career. Like just, he used to take me when, before I was even legally old enough to wrestle here in Pennsylvania, he would always take me with him to his booking so that I could network and kind of meet people and, you know, and kind of just meet people and learn to be, learn the ins and outs of the locker rooms and stuff like that. So that by the time I actually debuted, I actually had a few places that were willing to book me. Um, to help me get experience. 
So, like, kudos to him. I'm going to shout him out right now. Red Scorpion, Mark Hazel, man, thank you for what you did to me, what you did for me early, er, in my early days, even before I was legally old enough to wrestle, like, because he helped me build up a network of uh, promoters that would actually take a chance on me, you know, not having any resume, you know what I mean? So, shout out to him right here on the pod. Good dude, good dude. Hell yeah, I know you know him uh, from SWO. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, so, uh, you know, we're going to wind down here, um, but uh, you've plugged quite a few people. You've plugged SWO, you've plugged, um, you've plugged Outbreak, you've plugged Red Scorpion. Um, before we get out of here, why don't you plug yourself? Uh, where can people find you on socials and all that other good stuff? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's at Suicide Myers on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, Suicide Myers. Uh, on YouTube, it's the Living Horror Suicide Myers. But if you just, to make things easy, if you just search Suicide Myers, I'll pop, I'm the first thing that comes up on YouTube. But everything else, Instagram and Facebook is at Suicide Myers. Um, I post on there as frequent as I can, you know, when I'm doing things. Um, right now, not not too much is going on right now, but uh, you know, any any time I'll post on there what I'm up to and where you can see me perform live. If if uh, if anyone listening to this is interesting, meeting uh, excuse me, either meeting me or seeing me perform live, I always post everything on there. If it's not on my regular page, it'll be on my story. And uh, any any anything on my schedule, I usually post multiple times just in case anyone missed it. So you can find me on there. Always posting stuff about Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a huge Undertaker fan. I don't care. I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm obsessed with the guy. Um, I would, I would have never became a wrestler if it wasn't for him. Honestly, like, and it, it, and it, my love for that dude is he, he goes beyond wrestling. You know, I come from a home. I come from an absent father home, and I kind of look to him as like that, 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 um, that male figure that I that I would be look up to. You know, as a kid. You know what I mean? And I don't, a lot of people, I know, I don't really talk about that part of it too much, but hey, this is uh, the Porter Project, so, you know, I'm going to just lay it all out there. I'm not afraid to admit it. But uh, Undertaker was that guy for me, man, like growing up in a, in a single parent. My mom raised me. So Undertaker was always that guy, like, I looked to as a male influence, you know, and honest, honest, right hand up to God, I would have never became a wrestler if it wasn't for my obsession with him and, like, wanting to. Kind of, I don't know, kind of like pay homage to him a little bit, you know. And when I created my character, my identity, I uh, I do my own thing and I try to be as original as possible. But anyone who's ever watched any one of my matches, I always always throw a little little Undertaker in there somewhere. Always, every match, it it might it may be the slightest thing. You might miss it if you're not paying attention. But I always throw a little a little like. Uh, kind of like kudos to him in every match. I always do. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So yeah. this has been great to catch up with you. Uh, we gotta do this again, definitely. Um, you know, because there's so much that we could talk about as we already talked about before we even started recording. Uh, but uh, look out, um, there will be a part two. Uh, of an interview with 
the living horror suicide myers in the meantime you can go back and watch some of his uh matches on youtube as well as check him out on social media and uh you can you can check me out on all my social medias uh and we will catch you guys later Welcome back to the Porter Project. Episode 5 is in the can. I would like to thank my guest, the Living Horror Suicide Myers. Thank you for being my first guest. Thank you for a wonderful interview. And thank you for having my one of my most favorite feuds of my career. As we took something that was supposed to have been a one-off match and made into a feud that lasted over half a year. And we toured up main event shows, headlining shows, whatever, you know, still in the show. And I, again, I like to thank my dance partner, the living horror Suicide Myers. You can reach him on all his social media accounts at Suicide Myers. Guys, continue, continue, please, to share, like, follow, and subscribe to the Porter Project. I'm here for you guys. If there's something you like about the Porter Project that you want to see me continue, please leave a comment. You can reach me on all social media platforms. Sydney Porter on Facebook. S-M-P-L-Y-S-I-D on Twitter. S-M Porter J-R on YouTube. S Porter J-R on Instagram. Let me know what you want to hear on the Porter Project. Let me know what you do and don't like about the Porter Project. If you want to be a future guest to talk about a passion of yours, let me know. I'm I'm all open. I'm open to all ideas. So we're still in a pandemic. So please continue to social distance, wear your mask, wash your hands. And I will holler at you guys next time on The Porter Project. I am the eye-watch-wearing, jet-flying, uber-riding host, Sydney Porter, and I'm out.